Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for Week 1, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code ICTPOD to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday. That's code ICTPOD, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See our show notes for details. You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ice Cold Takes podcast. I'm your host, Joey DiMeglio, and this week I'm pleased to announce that I'm joined by an NHL coach for the first time in Ice Cold Takes history. Some may know him as Chief, while others know him as the man who led the St. Louis Blues to their first Stanley Cup title in franchise history back in 2019. I'm happy to welcome Craig Berube. Thanks for joining me, Coach. How are you? Joey, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate you joining me today. And, uh, you know, I might as well start by explaining how I got you on the show today. A lot of people were saying, like, Joey, what the hell? How did you get Craig Berube? Well, this is a bit out of left field for me, as well as for people listening, I'm sure, at home. My old gym teacher, John Rooney, all the way back from kindergarten, he's a frequent customer at uh, – at New World Pizza and Cafe, which I talk about often on the show, of course. Uh, he told me he went to school with, with uh, Coach Bruby's wife, and uh, he told me he went to your wedding. So Mr. Rooney set something up for us, and here we are. So, um, Coach, I'm guessing you and uh, Rooney get along well, huh? We do, actually. He's a great guy. Uh, you know, we golf a little bit in the summers when we can. A lot of fun to play golf with. Uh, real character, you know. He's just a fun guy to be around. Um, you know, you get a lot of laughs when you're around him and he's a good golfer and, uh, he's a big sports fan, you know, the, you know, just the one knock against him is he cheers for the Islanders. Uh, you know, he could probably choose a better team, but it is what it is. So anyways, uh, he's a blues fan too at heart because we got to know each other really well. And, uh, he cheers for us too a little bit, but, uh, a lot of fun, good guy to be around. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming he's going to be, if he's listening right now, he's going to kill me if I don't, uh, if I don't give him like free slices for getting, for getting, for getting you on here. Might, uh, he might want to take a break from going and get some pizza, start working all a little bit more. <laughs> what, do, what do you think of pizza? Is pizza one of your favorite foods? Uh, I wouldn't say favorite, but I like it. I mean, uh, my wife's Italian from Italy, so she makes good pizza, but uh, I do get a, I like to get out there and get some good pizza. Uh, that's the one thing in St. Louis. We don't have the best pizza going here, but uh, the East Coast, we're in you know, Philly area. Got a lot of good pizza. On those East Coast trips, uh, when you go visit the Islanders, the Rangers, make sure you go to uh, a good pizzeria. No? We, always get, we always get good pizza after the games, man. It's in the room right away. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, not, nothing better than that. Uh, all right, so we'll get right into these questions here. So I wanted to talk to you. You played in the league for quite a while, and uh, eventually you became a coach. You were the head coach of the Flyers and then found your way to become the head coach of the, the Blues and made that miraculous run. So transitioning from player to coach, was that something you always wanted to do? 
Uh, later on in my career, you know, I just think that you start to think about what you're going to do. And I played with Dale Hunter. We became real good friends. And, uh, you know, we just watched a lot of hockey. So I kind of knew that was something I wanted to do and get involved in. And, um, you know, uh, my roots were in Philadelphia. You know, I was the first place I played. And, you know, I thought about, you know, that's where I'll end up, you know, retiring. And because I'm very good friends with Paul Holmgren and Bob Clark, and they gave me an opportunity to get into coaching. So, you know, you got to have people in your corner to give you an opportunity, and they did, and uh, here I am. And speaking of the Flyers, that's you've had two tenures with the Flyers. You had two tenures with the Capitals, and then you played for the Islanders. You also coached the Flyers, as I mentioned earlier. So uh, we were joking around setting something up before, but you have every reason to dislike the Rangers, yet the Rangers gifted your current team, the St. Louis Blues, with Pavel Buchnevich last offseason. So I wanted to ask you, Buchnevich had a career year for you guys, so tell me, how much of a difference has he made to your team? Oh, huge difference. Um, he's such a good puck possession guy and playmaking ability. Um, I think the one thing that people don't realize about him is how good defensively he is and what a good penalty killer. And I think overall, he's got great skills, uh, but, you know, in my opinion, what makes him a great player is as his anticipation and his brain. Um, he's very, very smart hockey player. He anticipates extremely well, and that's what makes him special. Yeah, I'm sure he's fun to have around in the locker room, too. Does he crack a lot of jokes? He's a funny guy. Uh, you know, he, he loves giving it to us coaches, whether it's in-game or, you know, practice, things like that. I always... I get on him all the time because he's the last guy to come on the ice and practice. And he comes on literally one minute before practice starts. So I bust, I bust on him quite a bit about it. And then the next thing, you know, he'll show up five minutes before practice and he makes sure I see the clock, you know? So he's always get, he's always, uh, we're always giving it to, to each other a little bit. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think anything other than, other than that for, for Bruce Devich, quite a clown fan favorite for, for the Rangers. But when that trade happened on the other end, us Rangers fans felt we got fleeced because Sammy Blay was the only player coming back, not to knock on Blay, along with a draft pick that came back. But he's more of a bottom six player, and he's shown a, a bit of a potential for, for, the, for the Blues when you guys uh, won the Stanley Cup and the Rangers last year before he got hurt. So what specifically yeah. did you like most about him, about Blay, before he got traded? Well, he plays physical, he plays hard, you know, and he, he was a, he was a pretty big part of us winning. He came in the lineup in and out, but when he came in, he was an effective guy for us, whether it's from his physicality or his puck skills. He has very good puck skills. Um, you know, maybe people don't realize that, but his puck skills are really good. Um, he has potential to score. I had him in the minors. He scored 30 goals his first year in the league. Um, and he plays a heavy game. You know, he's going to be physical and he's going to, he's going to battle hard. And, you know, he's a gritty guy. He gets in there and plays a hard game. But, uh, you know, you never know with a guy like that. He's getting later on in his career. Not later on in his career, but he's getting a little bit older now. And, you know, there is potential for him to score some goals and, and things like that because of his puck skills. Do you find that with a player like Blay, when – comes to the playoffs that he he kicks it up into high, higher gear 
like let's say in 2019 when you guys made the run, he was in the, he was in some of those games. Did you see his game take a, a the next step during in that sequence? Yeah, I think so. I think you know, playoff time, he's probably a better player. There's more physicality playoff time, um, and I think you know that's a big part of playoffs is playing hard hockey, and that's what he does. Speaking about that run, everyone knows about how the Blues went from last place in January to Stanley Cup champions in June. And of course, you were named interim coach in November of 2018 of the 1819 season. So at what point in that five month stretch did you feel the team had turned it around? In December, you know, we took over in November. Uh, we started to come around in December. We weren't winning enough games. I think our goaltending wasn't uh, solid enough. And, you know, but we we're playing real good hockey. We're starting to get an identity the way we wanted to play. And then, you know, once Bennington came in there, the goaltending really took off. Bennington and Allen, they both were a great tandem. They played well together. And, uh, you know, our team really started to roll. And we realized at that point that we had to win a lot of games to get in the playoffs, which we did. And we came, became a real team and a real tight team. And we rolled right through playoffs that way. And, you know, the Blues have made some minor adjustments in the in the few years following their, their Stanley Cup victory. You know, Petrangelo is no longer there, but, you know, you still have Tarasenko. Ryan O'Reilly is there, and he's just an incredible, incredible captain. Uh, I, I say from, from, as, from a fan's perspective, like, I wish I had a player like that. He's awesome. Now you guys have Buchnevich. There's Jordan Kyrou. So there's a lot of scoring options for you. So is it, do you find it, you ever find it difficult to give enough ice time to everyone? Well, last year at times it was, you know, we have a lot of guys that, you know, are probably pretty even players and, um, you know, need ice time to produce. But I think we managed it well. And I think our players managed it well. I think they understood that, you know, we got a lot of good players. And, you know, from that standpoint, when you have 920 plus goal scorers in your team, that shows you know, we're all about team here and we're all about doing what's best for the team. And I think our players buy into that and that showed last year. So, um, you, you know, you gotta, you know, ice time's gotta be earned and, um, they all know that. So when they do the right things and they, they, they're doing their job, they'll play. Is it, is it easier to roll all four of the lines or do you like to stack up the lines to give you like maybe one or two good lines instead? Well, I think you need four lines in this league to be successful. I really do. I think your fourth line's ultra important. It was when we won the cup. It was a big line for us. Um, I like to roll lines. I like to get everybody involved as much as I can. I didn't find that our fourth line was involved enough last year. It did later on as the season rolled on, but um, I like to get them guys involved right away in the game because, you know, they're glue guys. They play They play hard. They play physical. They do a lot of little things right. They disrupt the other team. So you need those guys. Um, like I said, you know, I think you need everybody. You know, you can't just rely on two lines or one line. You got. You need everybody, and everybody needs to play and feel part of it. And, you know, the reason I, I bring that up is, you know, the, the balanced scoring is because the Rangers have a lot of young younger talent. But sometimes it may feel like they're overshadowed. Like a guy like Lafreniere or Capococco is overshadowed by Artemi Panarin or Chris Kreider. Uh, there's a lot of options in front of them. So, you know, is it does it take – did you see some growing pains from your younger talent when you, you know, when you first gave him ice time? 
for sure. And they're still going to be growing pains. They're still learning to play the game. Like Kairos 23 or 22, Thomas 23. Like, you know, they, they become, they become real good players. They're, they're getting better and better, but they're still, you know, they're still growing and learning. Um, but you, you gotta, you gotta try to get them out there as much as you can. They're, they're good players for us. You know, Robert Thomas is really our best playmaker on our team. Jordan Kyra made the all-star team last year and had a real good season. So these guys are the future of this team and they're, they're, they're now with this team. Like we need them to play really well now to win. Right. So they have a direct impact on your success currently. So you're going to give them, you're going to give them the ice time then. For sure. They, you got to play them, but they got to earn it. And they know that if things aren't, they're not doing things right, then you got to take it away. That's the way it works. Right. So it's got, it comes down to those specific moments where, you know, one day they have a good game and they got to keep it going. Right. What's the th- what what do you try to emphasize on them in practice to make sure, let's say they have a good game, like when they were younger and not as well established as they are now? How do you get them to consistently perform at the level they had just performed if they had a good game? I always I always use the term they need to become leaders. And how do you become a leader is by doing everything right every day and doing it hard and doing it, doing the work ethics got to be there in practice every day. You know, you watch Ryan O'Reilly does things right every day and that's why he's a leader. And I just, you know, they see him do it. So they follow. And, you know, it's just about coming out and practicing and working and doing things right. And then taking it consistency, doing it every day, uh, going into every game, doing things right all the time. You may not score, but you were you were in good position defensively. You worked hard without the puck. You made good puck plays. You know all those things. You know that's how you become consistent. And you bring it up about O'Reilly, and uh, you know I, I I mentioned earlier he's one of my favorite players as a fan. Was that naming him captain? Was that one of the easier decisions you've had to do, or is that like uh, you know was it was it still difficult for you? Because he's it seems like he's. <laughs> like a, a great player in the dressing room and on the ice too. Uh, we have a few guys that could have been captain on our team here, but it's just a choice you have to make. That's not always easy because you, you run through a lot of different scenarios in your, in your mind with management, who should be the captain that why, you know, you got the whys, the pros, the cons, uh, you know, so we got a, we got a bunch of guys that are good leaders here that we could have chose, but you know, Picking O'Reilly's not a bad that's not a bad choice at all. I wouldn't say so at all. I think he's a great player and you know the acquisition the Blues made a number of years ago of him from the Sabres was was monumental. And uh you know, he's key, key foundational piece of that Stanley Cup run that you went on a few years ago. Um but uh one question I did have for you as a coach, if your team is ever struggling to score goals, what do you feel is the best way to overcome that? both during games and, and in practice, if it's like a stretch where you, you're struggling yeah. to generate offense? Because it happens. It does. I think that you can't focus on it. Like, I think if you're not scoring goals, you got to, first of all, look at why. And it could be a number of different reasons. And then you got to try to fix that, okay? So it could be because we're not shooting a puck properly enough. We're not getting inside. We're not getting inside in good scoring areas enough. We're on the outside too much. It could be we're not possessing the puck enough. We're not making good puck plays. It could be a number of different things. So I think, first of all, as a coach, 
you got to look at why you're not scoring goals and make sure that you bring that to the team. You show video, you break it down. Look, we're on the outside too much. We're not at the net enough. We're not getting to the net enough. Our shooting is out too far. We're not in tight enough. We're not getting great A's. Could be a number of things. So that's first and foremost. There's times where you go through stretches where you're doing things right and the puck's not going in the net, right? You know, you're getting good quality chances. Goalies are making saves. You're missing in that a little bit. It's just, it's not clicking. So when when that's going on, you know, it's important that your team stays composed and that's something you gotta you, as a coach you have to stay composed and you gotta work through it because you're gonna go through bad stretches in this league everybody does and when you're going through bad like that you gotta stay composed and you gotta make sure your team stays composed and the work ethic and the competitiveness cannot go away you have to keep working you have to stay competitive and you'll get out of it so it doesn't seem to me that you're a coach that likes to mix up the lines all the time. You want to get focus on the fundamentals and practice, make sure those are down to a T before you. Oh go yeah. With that. But I will mix lines up for sure. If the scoring's not there, I'm not saying I won't do that. I will mix lines up and try to find some combinations that uh, maybe will work for a little bit. You know what I mean? So I'm not, I'm not afraid to mix the lines up in game or, you know, whatever the next day, but uh, you know, Whatever lines you mix up, they're going to go back the way you have them. <laughs> That's the way it always works. I want to know from you, are you an analytics guy or or do you not deal with any of that? Do you, do you stay away from that? No, we have analytic guys. We have analytics. We got on, like we have uh, video coaches that have analytics for us every game. We get analytics before every team we play on the, the other team. And then we have an analytics uh, report after the game on on our team so i think they're very helpful i think you got to look at them they're not the all to be all but you got to look at them and, you, and they're they're useful for sure that's a conversation us fans like to have a lot very frequently here um just like in person over online social media just you know the importance of analytics and you know i think you hit the nail on the head there with uh you know them not being the end all be all they are important but it's just not the the entire story right oh it's not you got to have a gut you got to use your gut feelings um as a coach and i do and that's that's important you know so you got to make sure that you got a little bit of both and you got to use them you got to use your resources but also you got to go off your gut right yeah so you know a guy that that's going that's creating scoring chances, but not necessarily finishing every single time might warrant the spot in the lineup over someone that's struggling, but is a staple maybe sometimes for you, huh? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, chances are good, but eventually they got to go in. If they don't, then chances are useless, right? Um, the objects to score goals. There's a lot of guys that get chances. They're just not good scorers. They're not good goal scorers. So, I mean, to put them in situations in the offensive uh, part of the game, um, power play or whatever, like if they don't score, then you can't really use them, right? They don't score. Um, that's just what it boils down to. Results are everything. Talk about uh, goaltending for you. So last year you had uh, Vili Huso, who, who had a really good season before moving on to Detroit. And you also have Bennington. So was it really difficult for you to go back and forth between the goaltenders to give them playing time? Because they both have played well before. 
Yeah, I don't think down the stretch it was. You know, Benner came out and he started really well. Uh, Billy Huso was just so-so. But then Benner had a little down downtime. And so Huso, you know, really elevated his game and played well. And then down the stretch, you need both goalies, in my opinion. We do anyhow here. So we use both goalies um, till the end of the season. And I just made a choice to go with Huso at the start of uh, playoffs. Um, after three games, I changed them. Right. And, you know, we've seen we've seen that uh, start to, you know, come about more often across the NHL. Teams are starting to use both their goaltenders, even in playoff runs or down the stretch. Is that do you, do you tend to see do you see that happening as well, too? Is that like a shift in the game or is that just because it's just the way the schedule is? I think it's a schedule. And also, I think if you don't have a goalie like Vasilevsky or Shurskin, somebody that you know, can handle the workload, are great goalies, first of all, and they deserve to play a, a lot of games, but they can handle it, okay? So there's a lot of goalies I don't think that are capable of handling it, whether it's size, strength, things like that. So, you know, you just got to look at what you have and you got to do what's best for the team. That's really what it boils down to. Right, yeah, so, yeah, it seems you're you're the judge of who is able to manage that workload versus not you because then you have to deal with injuries too right well yeah and there's you know it's you know you got to be careful with injuries and and things like that too so again that's the workload um and um you know it's very important to manage it properly because you know you lose your goalies it's you're in trouble <laughs> so you got to make sure that you uh you keep them healthy as much as possible but i do I do see a lot of teams going, you know, with a two-man system with the goalies. Um, that's something that you probably see more than you normally do, I think, in, in the NHL. But it's just kind of how things are leaning towards a little bit. But also it could be, you know, there's there's not enough goalies that are coming out of junior or college or whatever they're coming out from. They're not capable of handling, you know, a whole a big-time workload got a couple questions for you before we wrap this up do you like to give speeches in the dressing room before periods in between periods i'm not a i'm not like one of these speech guys you know i basically i like to come in before the game and and just you know talk a little bit about what we need to do how we need to start the game and and things like that and in between periods you know there there probably could be some correctional things i'll go over quickly uh, what we're not doing well enough, you know, maybe we're not competing hard enough. Maybe we're not working hard enough in the game, things like that. And, you know, I just, you know, I, I, I don't keep it long. It's pretty quick and short, right to the point and direct. So you wouldn't be like a John Tortorella, just, you know, falls to the wall going all out at you, right? Oh, no, that's not me between periods. No. <laughs> um, what's your favorite thing about coaching overall? You know, I think just um, being the guy, you know, your job is to, to run the team and to, to uh, make sure that you, you're, you know, you're holding guys accountable and, you know, and being a leader. Um, you know, that's, I think that's just ingrained in me. I enjoy that side of things, looking after things, um, you know, just managing your coaching staff, giving those guys jobs to do. Um, you know, putting people in place to be successful, you know, all those sorts of things. As a coach, that's your job. 
So I enjoy doing that stuff. Um, I like being, a, I like that leadership side of things. And I, you know, really, I love being part of a team and I'm part of a team. Um, I played, you know, played for a long time as a player. I'm part of a team. I'm like, how can I get, how can I stay part of a team? And that's coaching. Right. And, you know, it seems like there's a lot to, to, to manage. And you, you, you said you like to delegate the roles uh, evenly between yeah. your, between your coaches, right? I do. I like to delegate things and it makes people feel good. And I like, you know, they want to do a good job. That's important, you know, and uh, it's the same as, you know, the team, you know, you got to delegate roles and you got to, you got to convince some players that this is a good role for you and you got to do it well. So we're, we're, so we have success. And I think just, you know, that daily, I love that daily routine as a coach every day, coming in, doing this, doing that, you know, it's just, it's something I enjoy. All right. And last question for you, when it, when it comes to preseason and, you know, you give, if let's say the, the blues front office decides to let, you know, some of the younger prospects, guys you've drafted, Get some a little bit of action in in ice in uh, during the games. How deep of a look do you take? Do you usually take at those guys before making a decision on them? Yeah, I think there's some first year guys like say they were just drafted this year coming into camp. We'll give them a couple games or one game, uh, you know, some practice time here with some some of the vets, and then we get we send them back to junior. You know, there's obviously guys that are more ready and they'll get more of a look. But normally that's not the case. Like, yeah, you're picking in the first first five picks in the NHL draft. You're obviously going to give those guys a big-time look, right? But we're usually not picking there. Our draft picks are lower. Um, but, you know, it depends on the player, and it depends on how he's doing in camp. But for the most part, these young guys will go back to their juniors. So in other, in other words, the bar for them to, to cross to – possibly even be in the discussion of making the team opening night is really high. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I'm, yeah. That, again, uh, I guess uh, tying that back into to the Rangers side, that a lot of fans are looking forward to, you know, some of the prospects that the Rangers have. So I'm sure that's, it's pretty, pretty much the same for, for, for coaches across the league, uh, especially com- yeah. competitive teams. Right. Competitive teams for sure. I mean, teams that, like I said, they're, you know, picking high picks, you know, they're, some of those guys are going to play for that team because they need to, uh, they need to, um, you know, work with them and and develop them because that's going to be their team down the road. And I guess it's more of a difficult decision for you too, because you, well, it's actually, it's probably an easier decision for you because your, your team is composed of so many well-rounded forwards. So let's say a forward prospect comes into camp preseason it's going to be really difficult for not saying it's impossible but it's just the decision it tends to be a little easier huh somebody comes in and they're really showing something we're going to stick we're going to they're going to stay around we're going to give more looks more games jake neighbors was a good example last year he came into camp and he he willed his way on the team he played extremely well in camp he played extremely well in exhibition games he made the team how do you handle like the ice time of the, the of your regulars like O'Reilly? You just give them a couple games just to for seasoning, just to stay in shape or to to get the, uh, the gears going. Usually, want to play between four four games is probably a good number for them. Right. Yeah, the preseason schedule is uh, 
some people say it might be too long. Some say too short. Probably too long for for the players. It's a it, it's it can get a little long. It can drag on a little bit. Uh, but you know, I think it's important that they do play games and get it get the playing speed. But you know, um, you want to get through camp healthy, <laughs> but also you want to you want to make sure you're working on things and getting getting your game plan down and your players are getting up to speed of how fast the game's really going to be. So you already you probably have an idea already of going into camp of what your your line combinations are going to be even before but yeah just no, we try to work. solidifies that yeah, pretty much i mean we kind of know already but we'll give young guys look with some looks with veteran players early on in camp we always do we want them guys to be in a good spot um but then you know once a few days go by we'll get our lines together and get ready all right well coach Bruby, thanks so much for doing this with me uh when you're in new if you're ever in new jersey i don't know if the blues play the devils this year but if they do should stop by New World and uh, I'll hook you up, you and uh, Mr. Rooney up with uh, with some pizza. Appreciate it, Joey. Thanks for having me on. And a special thank you once again to Coach Craig Berube for joining me this week. Ice Cold Takes fans, this was a bit of a shorter episode, so before we wrap it up, I'll talk a little bit about the Mets and I'll touch on the Nils Lundqvist trade rumors that have uh, started since last week. Uh, the Mets, as of right now, we'll start with the Mets in the change-up section portion of the of the podcast. The the Mets are have lost their division lead. It was once what was once ten and a half or ten games over the Braves is now down to a half game. The Braves actually caught us up to the Mets and evened it up, and the Mets were able to pull a half game ahead with their doubleheader sweep against the Pirates on uh, uh, Wednesday. On Wednesday. So now the Mets are headed to Florida for a three-game set against the Marlins, so they need to take... I mean, it would be perfect to sweep them, but, you know, the Marlins always give the Mets trouble. doesn't matter who's on their team. It's just historically, the Marlins, at this point in the season, they always give the Mets a hard time, so I'm not expecting a sweep. I'll, I want two out of three at the very least for the Mets. That's what they need to shoot for. The Braves just keep winning games, and they haven't stopped since the All-Star break. It's... Um, it's really, it's really rough. I think the Mets at this point are going to the playoffs. It's just we want that division spot. We want home field advantage. And uh, I believe that it would be the second second seed in the National League. So that would be one of the buys for that new playoff format. Um, in that three-game losing streak we had against two against the Nationals, one against the Pirates, you know, it was just the first time we really hit a, a rough patch this year, which is incredible that we've gone this far with every. Everybody clicking on all cylinders. Alonzo is doing good. Lindor is doing good. McNeil is having a great year, a renaissance year, almost like his 2019 season. Um, it was really that through this three-game stretch where you know, everybody was struggling a bit. And so, yeah, that's why the offense is going to struggle. And um, the Mets in the, the doubleheader, they seem to find it and turn it around and uh, find their mojo. Hopefully Marte is okay. Mets could use Guillaume back. Eduardo Escobar is really kicking into high gear right now. This is who the Mets really wanted. I, I think Gary Cohen pointed that out in one of the games. He's been on a tear in his past 25, 30 at-bats. Uh, base hits, home runs. He's doing everything. And, uh, you know, the Mets need that right now, now more than ever, especially with the Braves seemingly never losing. And, uh, yeah, so the Mets have an easy schedule 
between now and the rest of the, the season, the end of the season, and they need to kick it into high gear, but not take things for granted. Not all, not all the games are gimmies. You have to play everything seriously, and so I, I hope and expect the Mets to be able to do that. Now on to the Rangers side of things. There was a report from Larry Brooks that said that Niels Lundqvist is requesting a trade out of the organization. Not that you know he's unhappy with management like Leas Anderson or Vitaly Kravtsov, but that he doesn't see that he'll be able to get significant, uh, significant enough playing time. And it makes sense because look at the depth chart ahead of him. He's got Miller, Truba, Fox, Lindgren, and there's Braden Schneider. Figure, it figured to be a competition on that last spot, but in terms of Lundqvist's potential, you know, he's a quarterbacking power play defenseman, and he's not going to get that chance on the Rangers because Adam Fox is there. And so the second unit will not be used as much. We saw it last year. Look with Lafreniere, he didn't get that much playing time on the second unit. It was all about that first unit. Same deal for Lundqvist on the second unit this year if he does crack the, the team out of, out of uh, preseason. So it makes sense that he wants to you know, find a, go to a place where he could get more playing time. And the Rangers could use a, uh, a, a center prospect, which is what Brooks was reporting, a top-nine center that they could grow into something for the future. That would make the most sense. But he also touched on the fact that injuries might occur. Last year, the Rangers were fortunate to not have many injuries between the, the core of Fox Lindgren, Truba Miller. And, uh, you know, they were they only missed like six games last year. So we don't know if that, that luck is going to happen again, if the Rangers will be as fortunate this year. So it's it might make more sense to keep a guy like Lundqvist around in case injuries do happen. And I think it would be good too because then he could prove himself a little bit more. In his short stint in the NHL last season – I didn't see I didn't see that standout play from him that everybody had been fantasizing or that had been talking about in his scouting reports over in Europe with in the SHL with Lulia. Um I didn't see much of that. I did see a lot of potential from him on the power play, how he did not hesitate to shoot. He always wanted the puck. I love that confidence, but I didn't see much of that five V five. It was just like eh. It wasn't it wasn't he didn't make an impact on me. He didn't stand out like Braden Schneider did. Um and so I think I think Lundquist is right for asking for a trade out. I just hope that he approaches it well. But if he goes into camp and he wins a start uh, a spot out of camp, I think he should take it, to be honest. And um if he makes it if he makes it out of camp, I think um Gallant will use him in the lineup. Um he won't just keep scratching him kind of like last year in the beginning where it was he's kind of in and out of the lineup. I think he will have uh, he'll be staple to that to that bottom six pairing, that third pairing uh with with Schneider. So we'll have to see. I can't wait for preseason to start. Um it's going to start it's going to start soon. Yeah, camps camps around the corner. Um so we'll have a couple more episodes before that. And uh last thing I want to do, we'll we'll give the uh sponsor one last sponsor for for today's episode. Go to RighteousFelon.com if you're a fan of beef jerky. Even if you're not and you don't eat much beef jerky, go to RighteousFelon.com and try out one of their flavors of, of, of jerky. It is incredible. Uh, I tried the OG Hickory. That was just the standard one. 
I've heard that great things about some of their other flavors. They have like a package deal. But if you go there and check out an item and use the promo code OCSN, all lowercase, you'll get 15% off. That's code OCSN at RighteousFelon.com. Don't miss the opportunity. Beef jerky's awesome. Ice Cold Takes fans, I love you. And we'll see you guys next week. Hey, Rangers fans. Thank you so much for listening to the Ice Cold Takes podcast this week. Make sure you follow at Ice Cold Takes Pod on Twitter to stay up to date with the latest Rangers info. See you all next week. Time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.